0: Deadly Serial contains graphic depictions and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Please do not take us seriously. We don't. deadly Cereal. i am your host lee Moffitt. with me as always is my lovely sister laura,
1: laura dedrick. dedrick welcome everyone welcome
0: welcome how, <laughs> how was your christmas today? yeah uh my Let's christmas start. was fantastic it was great it was magical it uh started at two o'clock in the morning but it was really nice
1: <laughs> okay why so early tell them
0: uh literally right after we got done wrapping and setting him under the tree about 30 minutes he comes walking into the living room sees that santa's there he's so excited he was only able to sleep like half an hour anyway yeah so to tell him (laughs) to go to sleep would would not be it wouldn't work i know no
1: no way you could have never gotten him back to sleep after that
0: no that would be like torture
1: yeah and
0: so we figured you know we're all up what the hell And it was great. We had a great time. How was yours? Good, I'm
1: glad. I was lonely, you know, we're doing the socially distanced Christmas. It kind of sucks. And, you know, Josh works overnight, so he was asleep most of the day. So I mostly video chatted with you. um, Yeah,
0: that's true. And our
1: mom and your son and my nephew. And that was was good. good. It was a good time. But hopefully next year it will be different and everything will go back to quote unquote normal but
0: i'm really hoping i'm not
1: i'm hoping but i'm not holding my breath so we shall see fingers crossed let's be hopeful
0: oh yeah of course
1: <sighs> even though it's hard sometimes
0: um i watched a interesting documentary on hbo max it's the uh, heaven's oh, yeah. gate one.
1: Oh yes 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 okay so I started it, and I can't get past the first episode. I, I'm really interested in, in Heaven's Gate, but I can't get past the first episode.
0: The first episode is basically like an introduction. Right. But it's it's so interesting to listen to uh, the kids of the parents who were in mm. the cult. Like, yeah, it's heartbreaking.
1: It's crazy, yeah. That's Not interesting. Well, how... Have- yeah, it cults are bad. Okay, I mean, call your dad, you're in a cult. <laughs> who said that? <laughs> Somebody that it's not, in didn't come up with that, I can't remember who said that, but I thought it was so funny. It was like, call your dad, you're in a cult. I think it's another podcast, but um, call your dad,
0: call your dad, yeah,
1: call your dad, you're in a cult. Um, yeah, I definitely, I'm gonna try to keep watching it. I uh started Mindhunter up again this weekend, and I love uh, uh,
0: freaking mind hunter man
1: i forgot how good like it just it is the first season is and like we kind of drew a little bit uh from mind hunter this week one of our our uh, guy for this week is featured in mind hunter and pretty excited about it
0: yeah he's a real piece of shit
1: he's a real he's a real uh goofy i don't even know how he's yeah he's a piece of shit
0: so a fl- shall a we get Liberty st- Gibbet? <laughs> I don't Should know.
1: we get started on him now?
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. This week we're talking about Jerome Henry Brudos, aka the shoe fetish slayer, aka the lust killer. He had a I couple of Jerry.
0: Ac-
1: Jerry. We're gonna call him Jerry today. <laughs> yeah. because uh, it's just easier. So Jerome Henry Brudos, Jerry was born on January 31st, 1939, in Webster, South Dakota, to parents Henry and Eileen. So after his older brother Larry was born, his mother desperately wanted a little girl. Uh, Instead, she obviously had Jerry, who was not a planned pregnancy. Uh, She did not hide the fact that she wanted a girl from him. She would often tell him that she wished he was a girl, and she pretty much ignored him except for when she was demeaning him, uh and to make it where she was warm and loving towards larry who's jerry's older brother but cold and distant towards jerry and there's no report of physical abuse from jerry's childhood but the emotional abuse and neglect was plenty you know
0: oh yeah Uh, she uh every chance she got she would just humiliate the shit out of him.
1: belittle humiliate she didn't want him Um, larry
0: didn't help either
1: yeah that's true but
0: him and larry kind of had like an understanding like you need to stop because mom's never gonna love you as much as she loves me right i'm the greatest i'm larry get over it yeah
1: i'm larry
0: his dad was
1: yeah his dad was (laughs) come on So his dad was um, very absent while he was growing up. His dad was reported to be a very angry man. So it was probably for the best that he wasn't around much, I would say.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. Jerry's fascination with women's shoes began at a very early age. He was five. Uh, He came across a pair of open-toed high heels that had been discarded in a junkyard. So he's five years old and he's playing in a junkyard if that doesn't like i mean
0: there's nobody uh, nobody gives like, a shit <laughs> this is like right during uh, world war ii also. yeah
1: this isn't in the yeah in the like 40s if he's five years it
0: old it's like right as soon as it's starting
1: yeah so, that's so it is yeah and i was just like wow that's so young just go play in the junkyard jerry nobody likes you
0: hmm. it's sad kind
1: of whatever though he's he's an asshole um so he found a pair of open-toed high heels he was enthralled by these shoes uh he took them home with him he hid them in his room and he would try them on and walk around in them when nobody was watching
0: it was like a forbidden Uh, thing immediately yeah like he knew that if he was caught with these shoes it would mean bad things
1: yeah and he was caught his mother caught him wearing the, the high heels one day she chastised him and told him that it was not appropriate for him to be walking around in women's shoes uh, and this was about 1944 and that was not something that was accepted at the time you
0: right. know even uh, though little kids like a five-year-old like you remember there, me in high heels and a little purse and I'm dressed. you know it's normal for a little boy it's I think. normal
1: I think so it's too. There's pictures to it. Yeah.
0: That really. Yeah. Makes a difference.
1: I agree. I I agree. And yeah, there's a picture of you walking around in pink high heels, carrying a purse and a phone. So. Sure. You're fine. You didn't kill anybody.
0: No. Nope. And you that know, I, know I still I dress like I like to dress, which is do your thing. Normal, I guess I don't know. Yeah. I got like three t-shirts. <laughs>
1: they're all the same it,
0: style different color
1: they call that a uh uh what is it a capsule wardrobe or something like that where you only have like a few pieces of each thing and you mix and match
0: oh no yeah. i'm a minimalist it's a thing
1: it's, it's a thing you're a minimalist
0: son of a bitch go <laughs> shopping
1: uh it's not very american of you to no. be a minimalist so it was 1944 you know you, you couldn't just be walking around wearing women's high heels so his mom not only does she destroy the shoes she destroys them by pouring kerosene on them and then she lights them in fire in front of jerry who is five years old
0: wow very dramatic display
1: it's incredibly dramatic
0: and sets a tone for the rest of his life <clears throat> That's what
1: i was about to say exactly it sets a tone for sure So around the age of seven, his family moved to Riverton, California, and Jerry started the first grade. His teacher wore high heels and often kept an extra pair in the classroom. Uh, One day, Jerry decides to steal and hide her extra pair so he can take them home with him. you know. Mm. Uh, But he was caught by a fellow classmate and was forced to confess in front of his entire class that he had taken the shoes. He was seven. This was Humiliating for him. I mean, uh, he's just, he doesn't quite understand what his fascination is with it yet because he's seven, but he knows there's something there. And just that was a, that was rough for little Jerry. Yeah,
0: the poor little, little shit that him out.
1: I know. I know. Just
0: leave him alone. Leave him alone. But, you know, he is a piece of shit. Fuck him.
1: He is. He is. Yeah. We don't, we're trying not to feel sorry for this guy. So around a year later, uh, Jerry fails the second grade due to due to serious health issues. He actually came down with the measles, among other things. He, um, he had several surgeries this year in an attempt to fight infection. He also started complaining of terrible headaches. They believed it to be poor eyesight that was causing the headaches, so they took him to the eye doctor. He did not need glasses, but they gave him glasses with a weak prescription, thinking it would be like a placebo effect for him and make the headaches go away. Um, but they persisted, so it wasn't that.
0: Jerry... Was known for being a disgusting fucking human being, even as a kid. And like, I don't know, that's horrible to say, but like, his fingernails were always infected and shit from mm. like funguses, and his toes. He was constantly—that's what his surgeries were for. Oh,
1: gosh. and he's
0: like—he's really not hygienic.
1: He's the smelly kid in class,
0: times twenty, and he's really hard to talk to.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: and he's crazy about shoes
1: yeah not the top three things that would be like the most popular person in school's traits yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: high heels are uh, a good icebreaker at parties you just talked yeah. about high heels <laughs> yeah
1: and how much you hate your mother it's great Yeah. between the ages of eight and 12 jerry and his family moved twice ending up in oregon here, Jerry had several teenage neighbors. Um, neighbors, most of them were girls, so he would sneak into the house with the girls' brothers to play with the girls' clothes. Does that make sense? What I just said. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, he would. His friends that were boys, he would pretend to be friends with them so that he could get inside the house. But they had a sister, so he could get some clothes.
1: Exactly. And it was during this time that his shoe fetish expanded to include women's undergarments. Oh, he's branching out
0: it's yeah he's escalating, escalating already it's
1: Escalating, yeah already between 8 and 12 this isn't uh super important but i wanted to note it uh when he was 13 his brother larry was 16 larry had drawn some naked ladies and hid them in a box with a lock uh jerry picked the lock to look at the nudes and his mom caught him which uh, of course she did but he took the blame instead of uh telling on larry I just thought that was a nice, like, little sibling moment to, you know, that he wasn't a total,
0: I don't know. Like (laughs) I said earlier, they kind of had, like, an understanding. Yeah. Like, you know, you need to stop, you know, trying to impress mom, you know, it's never going to happen, so.
1: Yeah, which is so sad.
0: She's never going to believe you if you blame anything on me.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah. So it might not have been completely altruistic. He might have just been like, well, I'll be screwed if I tell him on him, so I might as well just take
0: the blame could be even more trouble
1: yeah yeah uh by 16 things began to escalate jerry was going through puberty and his mother was no help at all um she was disgusted by anything sexual regarding jerry uh for example wet dreams nocturnal emissions she would make him wash his sheets by hand and the whole time she would humiliate and belittle him about stuff like that i mean she really didn't want him and she always let it be known right but don't you're you know, don't mess with them. Your young your your son when he's coming a puberty, you know, that's a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, unless you're trying to make a serial killer, which is what right. she sounds like she's trying to do. But I mean back then, it really no does one sound like that. She's doing a
1: great job. Things.
0: Yeah. Like the reason why he's no. in Mindhunter is because they were able to figure out, you know, his his thing what was it
1: his like his uh motive or his oh his um profile
0: yes right Thank yeah you. yeah
1: hmm it's so fascinating and oh, they were able to
0: pinpoint it in childhood
1: mm-hmm.
0: like it, it's it's very well done he is very well done because the fbi has really done a lot on him
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of information about him so yeah during this time he starts to have these really bizarre fantasies uh he fantasizes about capturing a girl and torturing torturing her until she begs for mercy you know perfectly normal perfectly healthy around this age
0: i guess Uh,
1: not so much much. never thought about that myself uh not a serial killer though so and it is also around this age that Jerry begins to steal ladies' underwear from clotheslines. He would steal shoes as well, you know, of course, using them in masturbation. I'm not sure exactly how, but they were present in the act.
0: He would wear them on his head like a superhero. For real? I don't know.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, damn.
0: <laughs> Are you serious?
1: Is that for real? Um, but he was never able to climax, uh, doing this method. Uh, he stole underwear from an 18 year old girl, but at this time the underwear wasn't enough for him. Uh, knowing he was unable to climax to just underwear and shoes, he decided he wanted a nude photo of a girl. So he set up a little sting operation to get a picture of her naked.
0: This yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do the explosion he would hold off he would like edge that was his thing Mm. it's really weird yeah
1: yeah and he's so young too at this point he's 17 so yeah 17 at the time he comes up with up with a plan he knocked on the girl's door and identified himself as an undercover police officer okay jerry okay he's 17 (laughs) he said he's working on solving the case of all the missing panties in the area you know He's on the case because they need an undercover cop.
0: Well, he needs but somebody, goddammit. He
1: is. He's it's about
0: time the cops found this fucking sick fuck. Stealing my undies. <laughs>
1: Panty thief. God. So he gave her a time and day to meet him at his house. And she did. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't I know why. I.
0: I... <laughs> back then, people were a lot more trusting on the fellow yes. man. And yeah. she just walked into the trap
1: yeah you're probably right i mean this was a while ago and people are a lot more trusting back then
0: when she got to
1: the, yeah no this isn't
0: during during wartime this is right after i think
1: yeah this is right after close uh when she got to the house jerry called down to her from an upstairs window telling her to go ahead and come in he's like oh hi you know i'll be down in a second so she comes in there she was met with jerry and a mask with a knife yeah He forced her to remove her clothes and he took several pictures of her naked, taking a whole roll of film. Uh, Jerry, being done with the girl, fled his own house. The girl was able to get dressed and started to get away. Outside, he ditched the knife and the mask and went back into his house. He actually ran into the girl as she was running out the door.
0: Yeah, this is very interesting.
1: It is interesting. So he's trying to pretend like he, you know, is running away from this person as well. He said he's running away from the masked man with a knife. Uh, She did not report this. She kind of suspected that Jerry was involved and he already knew her address. So she wasn't taking any chances. He tried to pull pull a Billy Loomis basically and didn't succeed in it.
0: Right. (laughs) You know, like,
1: you know what I mean? From Scream.
0: What Uh, happened? I don't know what happened. There's a guy who locked me in the garage. You okay? Oh my gosh, the killers out there.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I know. He's just really bad at it. But he didn't get in trouble for it, so that was a win for him. She never recorded.
0: You have to be like the greatest actor in the world. No one. He's he's stupid, and
1: he's not. He's not. No, he's not the greatest. No, actor. he
0: isn't. <laughs> and that was a stupid idea. He's just not smart.
1: Not smart. But that one went okay for him. I don't know how, but he he managed to pull that one out. You know, out.
0: And uh, given that fact that he somehow got away with it and even had the balls to go back into the house and say yeah you know like hey it wasn't me it wasn't me
1: yeah it's like it's nuts he develops uh these pictures and for about nine months they satisfy him until one day they no longer do and that same year still 17 Jerry decides to lure a girl his age to his car. He takes her to a deserted farmhouse and demands that she undress. She says no, and he severely beats her. A couple happen to be passing by the farmhouse. Uh, They call the police. Jerry swears that he was fighting off the attacker and had nothing. You know, I'm oh, I'm being attacked too. He said he had nothing to do with with her beating, and she was beaten so badly by Jerry that she couldn't even say anything. She couldn't tell him that it was him that had done it. Um, and the couple did take the girl to the hospital, and that one was reported by the police. Reported okay. to the police. So there, there is that. Uh, It was reported to police, and in Jerry's car, they found women's shoes and undergarments, as well as photography equipment. Uh, They found some underwear that he had taken as far back as 10 years ago, when he was, like, you know, a kid stealing panties and stuff. He still had them. In addition to all of this, police found the photographs that Jerry had taken of a terrified naked young woman, the woman that he lured to his house. Jerry had initially told the police that the pictures weren't his and that an older boy had approached him, turned over the film canister, and demanded that he get it developed or the boy would beat him up.
0: Sure, this is probably Uh. one of his many college buddies that he has.
1: Right. It's like, okay, Jerry. And the cops weren't buying that shit either.
0: No, he's full of shit.
1: He is full of shit. He eventually confessed to this violent crime and was sentenced to about eight or nine months in the Oregon State Hospital. Uh, which was a psychiatric hospital during his psych evaluation, his initial diagnosis was adjustment reaction of adolescence with sexual deviation and fetishism, which that sounds about right.
0: That is correct.
1: Yeah. He was later diagnosed with borderline schizophrenia, but this was apparently a very common diagnosis during this time period as schizophrenia was basically a broad term uh, it was used to describe several different mental health issues. So I don't—he wasn't really a classic two-day schizophrenic.
0: I don't believe that he had schizophrenia at all.
1: No, and that was just something. I think that they—they they put that on people who had bipolar disorder or or any or any of those things. Oh, well, they're borderline schizophrenic.
0: Exactly. That yeah. was just the time. Like they're period. almost schizophrenic. They're almost yeah. crazy enough to be schizophrenic.
1: Yeah. Jerry was discharged from the hospital at the age of 18, deemed no longer a harm to himself or society. He did end up uh, graduating high school despite his incarceration, but he did graduate in the bottom 30% of his class with no friends. He did attempt college. He attended a couple tech schools and Oregon State University but he had bad attendance. He was lazy and it just didn't hold his interest. So he soon gave up on school and joined the U.S. Army at the age of 20. Yes. Yes. He was uh, stationed in California mostly and he did well in the Army for a little bit, uh, enjoying his electrical job and actually making some friends. For a little bit. For a little tiny bit. That didn't last long, though, because Jerry began to complain to his fellow soldiers that a Korean woman was visiting him every single night.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's weird.
1: Yeah. He said that she would break in and try to have sex with him, and every night he'd have to fight her off. So who knows what the hell was going on with Jerry during this time.
0: Hold on. Huh. Maybe it's like Hold fellow on. soldiers playing a prank on him, dressing as a Korean woman trying to every, force his way on him maybe. I don't know.
1: Do it every or night? Maybe... That's commitment. He's crazy. I think he's crazy. I think he, he's either lying about it or he thinks it's happening. I mean, it, you know, it's not really happening.
0: It could be really <sighs> him. But yeah, uh, I think he's just he just tries to you know, like be one of the guys. Yeah. and be like, "Hey, you know this chick, you know, trying to relate to him."
1: Yeah, maybe he's like, you know, bragging a little bit, like this chick is always wanting to have sex with me. Me, Jerry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Every <laughs> night I have to fight her Every off. Every night Snitch into the barracks.
1: Fighting her off. Gosh. So Cherry reports this to the army chaplain, but upon hearing this, sends him right over to the army psychiatrist. He's like, "I this is way above my pay grade. I am not dealing with this." Big time. Big time. After only one session with a psychiatrist, he is discharged from the army due to his bizarre obsessions. One session, they're like, "Get out of here."
0: <laughs> that is horrifying because that I know really a, a few serial killers that were in the army, and they did fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, they
0: did great, and no one suspected a damn thing. But mm-hmm. not Jerry. They not Jerry. Jerry. Like yeah, the, but this was also uh, right after wartime yeah so they probably had you know like really good pilots and all that all that stuff like they were not hard up we don't need you jerry we We don't back home
1: (laughs) thanks jerry we appreciate the you know the consideration yeah i
0: think they honorably discharged (laughs) them
1: they probably did just go just please get get the hell out of here freaking us out jerry you're freaking come on jerry you're scaring us briefly after the army he moved back home with his parents he was 21 at this time and they made him live in the shed in the garden while larry got his old room back
0: they made him <laughs> live in the shed they didn't let him in the house
1: <gasps> at all
0: not at all so oh my gosh i didn't know the that bathroom
1: oh my goodness
0: he couldn't take a shower <sighs> he couldn't fix himself <sighs> something to eat it sucks
1: that's terrible
0: but that's what they did they treated him like a fucking dog
1: yeah yeah one night while he was out and about a young girl caught his attention more specifically her shoes caught his attention he followed the woman all the way to her apartment building when he caught up to her he strangled her from behind and stole her shoes later going home and sleeping with her shoes he did not kill this woman, but for the first time, he felt empowered. He would do it again and again, knocking women unconscious and stealing their shoes.
0: Yeah, he's constantly escalating.
1: Yeah, he yeah he does. He escalates a lot and he escalates quickly. At age 21, Jerry got his FCC license and began working at a local radio station. It is here that he meets his future wife, Dar- Darcy Metzler. Darcy was attractive and was said to be way out of Jerry's league. Uh, he really cared for her. He would send her flowers. He'd take her out on dates. He didn't seem to have the same contempt for Darcy as he had for every other woman. Darcy was a little special.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so he went to the uh, radio
0: station. That's pretty cool.
1: That's cool. Yeah, he was he, I, he wasn't like a DJ. He worked like as an engineer kind of guy there. Yeah. Um, I hear
0: those those guys are kind of strange. The engineers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Darcy was 17 at this time and her parents didn't approve of this relationship since, you know, he was 21, she was 17, which I don't think that's that big a deal, but they did. Uh, And since you can't tell a 17 year old girl, anything, trust me, (laughs) the two hatched a plan to be together. Um, Jerry would get Darcy pregnant and then her parents would be forced to allow her to marry Jerry. Within six weeks, Darcy was pregnant. Bam. Bam! because she was young and uh, and probably dumb and you know how fertile people like that are oh yeah six weeks done so the couple moved in together as husband and wife soon after jerry demanded that darcy clean the house naked except for a pair of high heels uh she complies and he takes pictures of her
0: yeah this is uh a 1950s relationship right (laughs) so pretty much i don't know i guess all in the family type thing
1: yeah i i don't know it's weird it's strange it is it's a bit strange uh red flag yeah there's another one there's your red flag flag?
0: (laughs) i'm sure it wasn't your first one it's not not your last
1: no no shit yeah that's a big one right there darcy so the following year the couple's first daughter is born megan Even after the birth of Megan, Jerry would have Darcy pose naked. Often the two of them. Yeah. They would just walk around naked. The two of them. There's even one picture of Darcy posing naked on her daughter, Megan's bike. And she's like, it's a little kid. Yeah. It's so weird. So weird. Yeah. So Darcy deciding it was inappropriate for their four-year-old daughter to see her naked all the time. Starts to refuse to comply with Jerry's demands. So she stops wearing high heels. She doesn't want to take pictures anymore. She's having like problems with her back and her knees because of those fucking high heels, which are like the worst thing ever.
0: Uh, I feel so bad for her.
1: Yeah. And Jerry was not happy about this. He told her that she was making him feel ashamed for even wanting her to do those things. So there was that shame sex spiral once again, that had been so prevalent in his life since childhood, really. Yeah. So he moved his family around a lot for the next few years. He was always searching for employment. He ended up getting a job as a technician at an electronics firm. They soon settled in Portland, Oregon, and Jerry started working as an electrician.
0: That's excellent. That's a good job. Yeah,
1: that's a good job. He has a little excitement uh, about that or during that, so I will tell you a bit about that here in a second.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, a couple years later, Darcy gets pregnant again. This time with a boy. They named him Jason. Jerry was so excited to have his son but his wife would not allow him in the birthing room with her when he was born he was he was allowed to be there when his daughter was born but not Jason
0: huh is it because he like wanted to be like right right up in there like I don't know he wanted to see like it crown and everything like he wanted to be the first person that is way too much
1: that's too much oh my gosh oh i don't have kids but that whole thing just freaks me the fuck out
0: me too and i have kids
1: and you have a kid
0: <laughs> i have a kid
1: so this set him off he had been doing good for a few years he was he was a family man you know, always doing the right thing kind of uh darcy not letting him be present for the birth of their son set him off again and he regressed back into the shoes and the underwear And he started complaining again of migraine headaches and blacking out.
0: I, wow. Do you think
1: he's full of shit about blacking out?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's the only way that he can uh, excuse his behavior sometimes.
1: I agree. So this is where things get fun at work. Around this time, he suffered a very serious injury while working. He was electrocuted when he accidentally, accidentally touched a live wire. This sent 480 volts surging through his body, which was enough to, like, throw him across the, the room. It is believed that this shock altered his brain. Interesting. In a, Yeah, in a sense, short-circuiting the part of his brain that is responsible for impulse control, in turn, kicking his game up a notch.
0: There could be some truth to that.
1: I think so, too. I mean, electrical impulses have shown over and over again to alter your mental state and can form new connections or several old ones i mean there's a lot going on with the with that so
0: that's true yeah
1: during this time he claims to have stalked a woman uh he watched her through her window waited hours for her to fall asleep and then he broke in he was just trying to steal her shoes and underwear but she woke up Jerry strangled her until she passed out like he's done this several times before but this time he went a step further while she was passed out he raped her unconscious body he got full satisfaction from this act he realized that he enjoyed having sex with her unconscious body and he knew what he wanted to do from that point forward he wanted to have sex with dead bodies
0: yep it was uh his destiny
1: he found his true calling, <laughs> necrophilia.
0: Gosh. Uh. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So Jerry commits his first murder at the age of 28 in January of 1968. Linda Slauson was selling encyclopedias door to door when she met Jerry, who answered the door. Linda was only 19 and had come from quite a large family. She was one of six children and was living nearby with her mom and three of her siblings. Jerry invited her in under the ruse of buying encyclopedias from her. He eventually convinced her to come down to his workshop, which we'll talk about later. Oh, God. Uh, He then hit her over the head with a two by four. Upon checking our pulse, he found her to still be alive. He then strangled her to death. His mother and two children were upstairs in the home during this murder. He's in the garage. They're upstairs, like, just watching TV or whatever. Yeah. He stuffs Linda's body under the stairs and tells his mother and his kids to go to the store. Just get get out for a while.
0: Yeah, go get some hamburgers or something. Get
1: some burgers. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Now alone with Linda's body, he removed her clothing and put her in underwear and shoes from his own collection. Remember, he had a shit ton of it because he was always knocking people out and stealing them and... Sure, clotheslines and
0: yeah a lot of them panty raid collection
1: yeah he's got a lot of stuff uh he removed her clothing he put her in underwear and she's from his own collection he actually kept her in the garage for a while he redressed her over and over and took tons of pictures he cut off her left foot and kept it in his freezer as a trophy on the foot he kept a high-heeled shoe so he cut
0: the cut the foot off with the shoe on it
1: no he just liked to put different shoes and her foot in different shoes
0: just like modeling it
1: yeah he liked that stuff cool um yeah (laughs) under the guise of excuse me under the guise of having a flat tire he threw her weighted body off the bridge into a river her body was never found and jerry was never charged for her murder murder you know, no body, no crime, that thing. Sure. Uh, later, once her foot had decomposed and he was done with it, he no longer wanted it in his garage. He threw that over the same bridge, but her, her foot was also never found. Wow. Yeah. On November 25th in 1968, Jan Susan Whitney, age 23, is last seen in Eugene, Oregon, She was heading home to her family for Thanksgiving. Uh, Jerry spotted her with her car broke down on the side of the road. He pulled over to help her, uh, told her that she needed a new car part and that he would drive her to get it. So she got in his car. Again, this is different times, I guess. Uh, Once inside his car, he strangled Jan to death with a leather strap from behind, uh, killing her. Then he took her to the workshop, undressed her, and had sex with her dead body. Then he dressed her corpse and clothing and shoes, from his again, from his personal collection. Uh, he took pictures again. He posed her body. Jerry had cut off Jan's breasts. Uh, he suspended her from a pulley in the garage and repeatedly raped her lifeless corpse. Even going away for Thanksgiving and leaving Jan suspended in the garage.
0: That's very Israel Keys of him.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Once back from his leisurely Thanksgiving holiday, he decided it was time to get rid of Jan, but not before taking a trophy from her body. He decided to cut off Jan's breast. He encased one in resin to try to preserve it, but it didn't work. So he ended up stuffing the breast with paper to preserve it, kind of like taxidermy, and, and then used it as a paperweight.
0: <laughs> That's a, yeah, it's, it's artistic.
1: So that happened. Um, it was rumored that his wife saw the severed breast at one time and said nothing, but it was never proven of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was told that um, she saw it and she's like, what's that? And uh, he goes, "Oh, that's just uh, something that a college guy uh, gave me to uh, to work on." He's a he's a college guy. He goes to college, <laughs> and it's like Jerry, how how the fuck do <laughs> you know a college guy? <laughs> he just replies everywhere. There's a boob paperweight on the <laughs> table. Why do you have
1: a human boob on your desk?
0: Oh, uh, no big deal. It's, uh, it's it's from a college. It's from an old buddy of mine like that doesn't explain shit jerry
1: no (laughs) just tell us why you have a booby on your desk my god
0: that is horrifying she ignores that red flag too
1: yeah she's she's fine with that whatever he disposed of jan's body the same way he disposed of linda's linda's body he waded it down in the river jan's car was found abandoned in a parking garage there were no signs of a struggle or anything unusual surrounding jan's car but this was the second girl to have gone missing in the area without a trace. So things are starting to get sus. On March 27th, 1969, Karen Sprinker goes missing. Karen was a 19 year old college student. Uh, She went to school full time at the nearby Oregon state university where she was studying to be a doctor. She had made plans with her mom to meet off campus for lunch that day But before she could meet her mother, Jerry spotted her in a parking garage. Yeah, she never made it to that lunch date. Her mother was worried when she didn't show up and she reported her missing to the police when her and Karen's father could not find her after looking for her, you know. Yeah. After he had abducted Karen, Jerry took her back to his home to his garage. Here he took pictures of Karen as well. But the difference was that Karen was alive during this time. Jerry had her do this for hours. When he was done with the pictures and all the outfit changes, he tied her arms around her back and tied a noose around her neck. He connected the noose to the pulley system in his garage and suspended Karen. This was not proven, but it is said that Jerry asked Karen if the noose was too tight. When she replied yes, he smiled. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. He suspended her higher... Until her feet no longer touched the ground. He waited as she strangled to death. And when he was sure she had passed away, he had sex with her dead body multiple times. Continuing, even when his family arrived home, he was just in the garage raping a dead woman while his family did their thing in the house.
0: Yeah, he's kind of got his own thing going on.
1: He really does. They just let him do what he wants.
0: Oh, yeah. He's not really involved that much. I mean, his dad never was, so...
1: True, true. And he just, certainly didn't learn anything from his mom about being, you know, a parent. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> he did cut off both of Karen's breasts, uh, packing the holes left on her chest with packing paper. He later said he did this because he didn't want to get blood in his car.
0: Yeah, he did it to stop the bleeding. <sighs>
1: He again dumped the body in the river after weighing it down. Her car was found in a parking garage soon after. All her belongings were still in the car, just like Jan. So Karen's family launched a huge effort to find her. They posted pictures of her around town. They kept working with the police. That was when two young girls came forward to inform the police that they saw a large man dressed in women's clothing at the parking garage roof where karen's car was found so n- now that would not necessarily be a cause to call the police you know yeah but it was 1969 and things like that kind of stuck out to people there was a rather large man dressed in woman's clothing
0: yeah it was a big red-headed they're... freckled dude with yeah uh, in a dress
1: yeah and, i mean yeah. They're, they're not gonna arrest him but
0: It's going to capture the eye. I mean, people are going to remember that.
1: Exactly. And the police kind of, you know, kept this in the back of their head. Like, okay, interesting. So that same year, Jerry encounters Sharon Wood in a parking garage at Portland State University. He tries to take her by gunpoint, you know, with his fake gun. But um, Sharon's a feisty one. She screams. um, She tried to fight him off by biting his thumb. Uh, But he put her in a headlock and beat her unconscious. He only stopped when an oncoming car caused him to flee. So good for Sharon. She was taken to the hospital and she recovered from her injuries. And she was able to provide just a little bit of information to the police. She knew that he had red hair, that he was tall and he had a freckled face, but she hadn't seen much else of him. Mm -hmm. He was not happy with his income and outcome, excuse me. And the very next day he found his next victim. He's not wasting any time.
0: None at all. He's escalating. It has escalated.
1: Yeah, it yep. has escalated. On April 22nd, 1968, Gloria Jean Smith, age 15, is almost abducted while walking near Parish Middle School. Jerry ran ahead of where Gloria was walking so he could jump out and grab her, but she kind of figured out what he was doing and ran. I'm just picturing like he's like sneaking ahead of her big big old dude with red hair (laughs) hiding in in the bushes oh my god (laughs) oh god so she got away thank god yeah and he was beyond enraged at this point so he had to find another victim so for the third day in a row he went on a hunt Linda Dawn Saley age 22 was his next victim he had spotted her in a shopping center she was on her way to meet her boyfriend for lunch, but never showed. Her boyfriend wasn't initially concerned, but he, but when she didn't show up for work the next morning, it did raise suspicion. Uh, her car was found in the parking garage. Uh, later, it was reported that he posed as a police officer to get close to Linda, doing that whole thing again. He took her back to the garage. He tied her hands behind her back and left her alone in the garage while he went in the house and had dinner with his family.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> my gosh Again, um, it's,
0: it's it totally reminds me of Israel keys yeah like the just i don't give a fuck i have a family mm-hmm. you know type thing
1: yeah i'll get away with whatever i want because you know mm-hmm. just because oh gosh okay so when he returned he found that she had managed to untie her hands but she had not moved from the chair he put her in which is weird so either she was too scared or he caught her right before she moved, you know. I who knows. I I, I can't imagine what would be going on him. I'm twenty. You're 22 years old. You've been tied up.
0: You're you're paralyzed with fear. Like you can... even if you could get out, you can't.
1: Absolutely. Because yeah. Because how? I mean... the f-
0: like this is happening to you right now. Like this isn't mm-hmm. real. Like what the fuck? You know? Like yeah. reality, and then panic so, so really scary. starts to set in, and
1: mm-hmm. really, really scary. So she hadn't moved. Uh, he attached her to the pulley system as well, feet off the ground, and left her to die. He once again posed, raped, dressed, and photographed her dead body. He left her breasts intact because, quote-unquote, they were too pink. Okay. He Yeah, he disposed of her body in the same way that he did the others. Too pink.
0: Oh, too pink. What
1: the fuck? I don't
0: know.
1: Okay, so on may 10th 1969 linda saley's body is found by a fisherman on the long tom river her body had been weighted down by a car transmission two days later the body of karen sprinkler is found in the same excuse me karen sprinker i apologize i always want to say sprinkler Uh, she's found in the same river only 50 feet away from linda's body karen was also weighted down uh this time with a car engine Nylon had been used on both women to keep them weighted down, and both had been tied with very unusual knots. So already there's a conne- I mean, already there's an obvious connection between these two women.
0: Oh, yeah, big time.
1: So this is kind of weird. Around this time, Jerry begins to call dorm rooms. He I think he's just getting desperate.
0: He he's he's getting what lonely.
1: Th- he's getting lonely and desperate. So he somehow manages to get blind dates by doing this. Some women from the surrounding sororities and universities claim to have gotten calls from a Vietnam veteran that said he was lonely and looking for a date.
0: Yeah. Okay. He would like uh, call up random numbers and be like Mm. hey is and then he'd think of a a girl's random name. Mm -hmm. Is Jessica there? Right. There's no Jessica here. (laughs) Fuck. Just hang up (laughs) and try again until he would get it right and he'd be like oh well uh i fancy you for a coke and conversation is what he would say which is the creepiest fucking shit (laughs) coca-cola and conversation
1: oh my goodness i didn't know that yeah (laughs) so one uh woman actually went on a blind date with him uh she was able to identify him. She said that during the date with Jerry, he had mentioned the bodies that had been recently found and it actually made a joke about how easy it would be for him to take her and strangle her if he wanted to. Just the first date, breaking the ice kind of talk, you know.
0: Sure. It's, it's kind of like a Kemper, Kemper type situation mm-hmm. when he would talk to the cops to kind of feel yeah. for it, mm-hmm. except he's just talking crazy nonsense to anybody who will listen.
1: Anybody. At this point, police are kind of hip to what's going on and they have eyes on the college campuses. Jerry tried to contact uh, that girl again, the one who was a witness for the police, for another date. Uh, But instead of her being there when he arrived, she had the police waiting for him when he got to the dorm. They actually, the police, had a witness, Gloria Smith, the 15 year old that managed to run away from old sneaky Jerry. Uh, she was able to provide a positive identification of him, and this led to a search warrant being issued for Jerry's home.
0: Bringo. Weird,
1: wild stuff.
0: Yeah, dude. They got a search warrant, so now they're going to find all his shit. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Got the search warrant. Please notice something weird about the garage, man cave, setup, whatever, while they were searching his house just this is a little um side note his wife was told that the garage was a dark room and to not ever disturb him in there that he was developing pictures yeah Uh, she didn't think anything of it when he moved in a deep freeze and he also wired an intercom into the garage so she could tell him when dinner was ready just had to throw that in there
0: unless you're majoring in photography and you Mm -hmm. have a dark room I mean if, if if you're not majoring in photography and you have a dark room, you're a serial killer.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Like anybody who has a dark room and doesn't do it professionally, like as a hobby type thing. Right. I don't know, really it's it's totally creepy.
1: It's like a murder room. My Dark room. Right.
0: I'm developing pictures. <laughs> it's really creepy.
1: Creepy pictures. Yeah. So anyway anyway. It was there uh, in the garage that police saw some suspicious items. They had a copper wire rope and photographs of the female victims, which was obviously more than enough evidence to lead to Jerry's arrest.
0: Were they naked pictures or just regular pictures? Both. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was later found that wire identical to the wire used to tie the victims to the car parts was found inside Jerry's residence as were pictures, yeah. Denacle. <laughs> As were pictures of nude and clothed women. They also found women's shoes and clothes in the house. No surprise. Uh, they also found a list of women's names, addresses, and phone numbers. And they even found dismembered body parts. Remember that deep freeze? Yeah. It's not just for fish sticks Coots. anymore. Oh. There's some fates in there. Feats. Fates. On May 29th, 1969, Jerry is arrested on the charge of armed assault related to his attempted abduction of 15-year-old Gloria Smith, as well as three counts of murder for the deaths of Karen Sprinker, Linda Saley, and Jan Whitney. At the time of his arrest, he was known to be a devoted family man. He never swore and didn't drink or smoke. He seems like a perfectly normal dude.
0: They sort all do.
1: Of. Yeah. When Jerry was arraigned for the murder of Karen Sprinker, he initially pled guilty by reason of insanity. Uh, this prompted the court to have a psychiatrist evaluate Jerry. He was found to be very sane with an above-average IQ. The psychiatrist noted that he had, quote, an anti social personality manifested by fetishism, transvetitism, expedition. Gosh, it's a lot of isms voyeurism and sadism (laughs) i just skipped one it's a lot of isms yeah so shortly he's he's got some isms um but short so shortly after uh this the psychiatrist found this out jerry revoked his plea of insanity uh the same day that he pled guilty to three counts of murder the body of jan whitney is found tied to a piece of railroad iron in the wilmette river he had pled guilty 3 days before his trial was scheduled to begin, so they just went straight into the sentencing.
0: Now, he said that he pled guilty but he didn't. No. He was like it He'd... was like a false confession, like they coaxed it out of him or something. So
1: he said, "I what I think it he did plead guilty and then he just kind of backtracked." Well, I I I, I didn't. Do I don't think he was coerced. I think he wanted to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, they all I like don't to talk I... about it.
1: They love to talk about it. So I think that he gave it up and then was like, oh, shit, I'm going to jail. Never mind. I didn't do that. You know,
0: that's a good point.
1: I don't know. Who knows what's going on in this guy's head? (laughs) I never. know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I never know, man. Judge Val Sloper gives Jerry three consecutive life sentences, one for each victim found. He was, again, never charged with the murder of Linda Slauson because they never found her body and thus had no evidence which is really sad
0: that's super sad
1: yeah jerry loved to talk about how slash why he committed these murders and had attempted to abduct more women he talked about how he chose his victims and even discussed his preferred method of ex- execution which we know, now know is tying a rope around their neck and hanging them suspended from a beam in the garage uh, then he would take photographs after they had expired and he would rape their dead bodies in one of the photographs of Jan's remains, they saw a reflection in the mirror. It was Jerry's face. He would later deny that it was him in the photograph. It's fucking Jerry.
0: Isn't that plain as up? day?
1: It's like, so fucked up.
0: <laughs> how red-handed can you get, you know? Right? Like, right? Oh, my God. It like, is how much plain as day.
1: I know. And he's like, oh, that's not me. That's After not he'd me. already admitted it. He's something else. During the time of these murders, 12 women went missing in the area. An investigation had been ongoing to solve the case of the missing women when a neighbor implicated Darcy in one of the murders. Jerry's wife Darcy had apparently helped helped Jerry carry a body from the garage and it was witnessed by a neighbor. Darcy was charged with aiding and abetting in the first-degree murder of Karen Sprinker She testified and she said she had nothing to do with it and she was found not guilty. So soon after that, she divorced Jerry. She changed her name, filed a protection order against him. Um, The kids were not able to to talk to him or see him. uh, And that was probably for the best.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: My God. Well, (laughs) uh, Jerry had a hard time in prison. He was frequently beaten up by fellow inmates. Once going to the infirmary for rectal bleeding it oh. was reported to be caused by hemorrhoids. Yeah, right. 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 Whatever. I don't. I.
0: Yeah. Let him have it. Was it was hemorrhoids. Let him have it. Right. Let him. It was. Yeah. He- yeah it was.
1: Uh, yeah. It was fine. It right was right reported on. that. Yeah. Hemorrhoid. <laughs> it's hemorrhoids. I say. It was reported that while incarcerated, Jerry had a stack of women's shoe catalogs in his cell. He stated that he would write to these companies to send them catalogs. He said it was his porn substitute.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised they let him have that.
1: Why would they let him have that?
0: I don't know. But it's what a recipe for hell? disaster. And uh, it's, like
1: it's like letting...
0: It's like giving him a, a subscription to Serial Killer Monthly.
1: Yeah, it's like letting a, a child, like a pedophile have like child porn in their cell like it's kind of this i mean it's not obviously not as extreme but yeah it's totally. kind of like that it's messed up uh he did try to appeal his case several times claiming that the photo taken of him with uh with jan was did not prove his guilt when it, it really did
0: you can do a lot of things with photoshop these days
1: right <laughs> and and dark i'm rooms. sure i'm sure yeah and threw long...
0: him in there
1: oh the dark room on june 21st 1955 after repeated parole hearings the oregon parole board tells jerry that he will never get out saying you will be in prison for the rest of your life and there will be no further parole hearings but he continued to be allowed to seek parole every two years not sure why um stupid they didn't let him out on uh march 28th 2006 jerome Brutos died in the oregon state penitentiary of liver cancer after spending 37 years in prison this making him the longest ever incarcerated inmate in the oregon department of corrections good riddance
0: yeah sounds like he didn't have a good time in prison
1: he didn't have a good time at all and he was there for 37 years
0: i take comfort in that at least
1: I do too. That's why I feel like you and me are both kind of like, do, do we need the death penalty or can we just have hemorrhoids for thirty seven years?
0: Yeah, exactly. Hemorrhoids, <laughs> which is <Quotations>. better?
1: <laughs> death row, a meal, and and a, and a quick death, or or, or thirty
0: seven years of
1: hemorrhoids? <laughs> thirty seven years. Good God, man. Well, that was a uh, that was old Jerry. Jerry. Oh, yeah. and he's uh, yeah, he's in Mine Hunter uh it's really cool they bring him the shoes and it's just they do such a good job with that show oh my gosh it's
0: It's Venture. he can't do wrong he can do no No, wrong
1: i agree david Venture does no wrong and i really really hope they get it together and give us some more episodes because i i it's so good
0: it is it's my favorite
1: so do we have anything um... to talk about
0: um uh shout out to uh my nephew JJ he's a heavy listener and uh complimented me and us on our little podcast is kind of is really hey. sweet Thank you. thanks buddy I love you
1: hey yeah thanks JJ we appreciate it we appreciate everyone's support it's been so fun and we're still doing that thing on Tuesday Facebook
0: yeah we're gonna do okay. a uh, live Q&A it's gonna <laughs> so be so if interesting
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so if you have questions i i was thinking about this earlier um in the shower you know that's really weird um best ideas shower thoughts anyway uh email us if you have a question that you would like for us to answer or something you'd like to go uh, for us to research a little bit more and go into more or more depth email us at deadly cereal at gmail.com and we will answer those questions live for you tuesday evening at 9 p.m on facebook
0: easy peasy
1: easy peasy Japanese that's racist I'm not no as soon <laughs> as it came out I was like before it came out I was like is this racist I don't think it is so I said it
0: it's fine I didn't it's mean fine. it it's not racist I am I know I'm, I'm I didn't
1: kidding. think I didn't think so so we're good we're good
0: this is anyway
1: <laughs> so that was the crazy uh story of Jerry we appreciate you guys hanging with us and we will uh, talk to you Tuesday and we'll have another episode next week.
0: Yeah, we're going full steam ahead.
1: Full steam ahead. All right, I guess that's it.
0: All right, y'all stay safe out there. Bye, guys. Deadly Serial is only possible with your support. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, email us at DeadlySerial at gmail.com. You can support our podcast by downloading the Anchor app or going to anchor.fm